Come on. Woo. I'm ready to rumble. Are you ready? Some, my, my sister-in-law said, hey, hey, right before service, I mean, we were under two minutes to go, and, and, and she said, I, I need you to open this as a gift. And so I, I opened it up, and look at this guy's boxing gloves with the verse of our series, Nehemiah. Woo. Nehemiah 4, 13 and 14. And then I brought my towel that has boxing gloves. So I'm, I'm like ready to rumble today. I'm ready. Come on. Are you ready to receive? Now, now listen. How many of you are planning to come tonight? Okay. I want you to be here tonight. Look, look. I'm coming tonight and I'm going to get as much of the Holy Ghost I can get. You know why? Because tomorrow... I got to go to the dentist, and they're going to work on my left side. They worked on my right side the other time. Now it's this, and I'm, I'm going to be like, Lord, please fill me up, heal me, touch me, Lord, and, and not just anoint me, but, Lord, I'm praying for my dentist tomorrow. Lord, anoint her hands, use her. Let her be gentle like you, Jesus. Amen. Well, are you ready to fight? All right. Now, any married people in the house, would you raise your hand if you're married? Okay. Look, if, 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 if you're married uh, and, and your husband's next to you, wives, do not use this sermon as an opportunity to elbow them, okay? But throughout the message, pray for them, okay? Yeah. So we're going to look at the foundational text of our series, Fight, which is found in Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. It reads, Therefore, I positioned what? Men. I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses." Fight for your wives. Now, there was a truck driver that was hauling a load of 500 penguins to the zoo. Unfortunately, his truck broke down. So he waved down another truck and offered the driver $500 to take the penguins to the zoo. The next day, the first truck driver picked up his repair truck. When he drove into town, he couldn't believe his eyes when he saw the second truck driver walking across the road with 500 penguins waddling single file behind him. He jumped out of his truck, ran up to the driver and said, what's going on? I gave you $500 to take these penguins to the zoo. To which the man responded, I did take them to the zoo, but I had enough money left over. So now I'm taking them over to the movies. (laughs) You see, that guy didn't fully understand what he was supposed to be doing. Likewise, too many men today are fuzzy about their sense of purpose and are not living as men on mission. So in today's message, I'm going to challenge men who are married to fight for their wives. Yeah, yeah, that was an unmarried man, by the way, (laughs) Clem. 
Before I proceed, let me give a word to all the single women in the house. Any single women in the house? Some of you too embarrassed to admit you're single. It's all right. But I'm going to share a word to you single women in the house. It's a word that I first heard shared by Pastor Jensen Franklin. And here it is. It's going to go on the screen. Girls, Ruth waited for her mate Boaz. While you are waiting for your Boaz, don't settle for any of his relatives. Broke as, lion as, cheating as, dumb as, drunk as, cheap as, locked up as, good for nothing as, lazy as, and especially his third cousin, beating your ass. Wait on your Boaz and make sure he respect your ass. Y'all a lot better than the church in Cutler. I had too many religious people in Cutler that were like... <laughs> if you have any complaints, email... At Jensen Franklin, freechapel.com, okay? <laughs> now let's proceed to look at the first man created. Genesis chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, as well as verses 15 through 17. Genesis 2, 7 and 8, as well as verses 15 through 17. It says, and the Lord God formed who? Man of the dust of the ground, and breathe into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put who? The man whom he had formed. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden. Notice, to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded who? The man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, there were two cats having a conversation. One a nephew, the other the uncle. The uncle's name Smudge. His nephew's name is Smidge. Here's the conversation on the screen. Why did God make Adam before Eve, Uncle Smudge? To give Adam a chance to speak, Smidge. <laughs> now, speaking of Adam and Eve, someone has suggested that they had an ideal marriage. In what way? He didn't have to hear about all the men that she could have married. <laughs> and she didn't have to hear about the way... His mother cooked. It said that when Adam stayed out very late for a few nights, Eve became upset. And she told him, you're running around with other women. He responded by saying, you're unreasonable. You're the only woman on earth. The quarrel continued until Adam fell asleep, only to be awakened by someone poking him in the chest. It was Eve. What do you think you're doing? Adam demanded. I'm counting your ribs, she shouted. <laughs> Some of you will get it on the way home. Now, I want you to notice with me three things 
that the scriptures in Genesis reveal concerning Adam. Three things that Adam was responsible for. The first is this. Adam was to tend and keep the garden. Adam was to tend and keep the garden. The word tend means to work or to cultivate. He was responsible to work the ground. He was responsible to tend the garden. That was his responsibility. Understand that work is not a foreign concept in the Bible. And work was not part of the curse. Work was actually occurring before the curse happened. It just became harder. So work is encouraged in the Word of God. In fact, the Bible says if a man doesn't work, he does he shouldn't eat. Exactly. So over 500 times we are encouraged to work. And Adam was commanded by God to till, to cultivate the garden. But also he was responsible, it tells us there, to keep the garden. And the Hebrew root word used here for keep is shamar. And shamar means to hedge about. As with thorns. To hedge about as with thorns. That is, guard. Generally, to protect, attend to. So, Adam was responsible not only to work the ground, to tend and cultivate the garden. He was responsible to protect, to guard, to watch over the garden. Again, this is so important. Because if you look at the scriptures, you'll discover that part of man's purpose is to protect what has been entrusted to him. According to Song of Songs, chapter 5, verse 7, we're to be watchmen of the walls in the workplace and in our homes. You and I, men, you and I are responsible to be watchmen, to guard, to protect. What God has entrusted to us. That's why Nehemiah said to the men, he said to the men, fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your houses. Because we, the men, are commissioned by God to be protectors, to be defenders of what God has given us. And here's the good news. Whatever God has called you for, He has equipped you for. And you have the authority to stand up. And you have the authority to serve notice on the devil. This is mine. God's entrusted it to me. And you have no right or inheritance to what God has given me. And here's the second truth I want you to see. Adam received the command regarding which trees he could eat from and which tree he couldn't eat from. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? Watch. Adam received the command regarding which what? Plural. He could eat from and which what? Singular. He couldn't eat from. Look again at Genesis 2, 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Don't miss how God begins with blessing and then he establishes A boundary. 
God begins with blessing and then he establishes the boundary. Why? Because God's blessings always come with boundaries. Let me say that again. God's blessings always come with boundaries. Most people think of God as the one who prohibits. But remember, he gave permission before the prohibition. He gave permission, you can eat of any tree of the garden, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. First came the permission before the prohibition. This is so important. The permission, we notice here, is broad, and the restriction is narrow. The maximum was allowed. The minimum was forbidden. There was only one no, and everything else was a yes. Every good parent knows that love always establishes limits. No one should ever accuse God of being unfair. Even in his prohibition, we see God's goodness and mercy. God's warnings are evidence of his grace because he wants us to stay away from everything that will dishonor him, damage others, and destroy us. But notice the serpent. The serpent. He minimizes God's provision and permission and he magnifies his prohibition. He wants Adam and Eve to see God as harsh and as somehow holding out on them when the exact opposite is true. Let me clarify and let me be clear with you. The devil is a bad devil, but God is the good God. The devil is a bad devil, but God is the good God. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. God is not a cheater. God is not a debtor. God is a blesser. God is a multiplier, and he has the best in mind for your life. And in the command that God gave to Adam, he made clear to emphasize that disobedience would bring death to Adam and to God's entire creation. So God charged Adam to protect his home against sin and ruin. And God charges Every man to do the same. I don't mean to exclude women here. But men, you are the key to protecting your homes from the snakes in the grass. Men, you are the key to protecting your homes from the snakes in the grass. You are the key to your family's spiritual health. Now you are acting like color. Getting all quiet. Now watch. According to data collected by Promise Keepers and Baptist Press, if a father does not go to church 
even if his wife does, only one child in 50 will become a regular worshiper. However, if a father goes to church regularly and the mother does not, a minimum of two-thirds of their children will end up attending church. Another survey found that if a child is the first person in a household to become a Christian, there is a 3.5% probability everyone else in the household will follow. If the mother, if the mother is the first to become a Christian, there's a 17% probability everyone in the household will follow. However, when the father is first, there is a 93% probability everyone else in that household will follow. I want to know this morning, are there any men in CWC Life, CV, that are like Joshua, bold enough to tell the devil and tell those that are on the fence, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm not in this just to get by. I'm in this to see my entire household serve the Lord. Woo! Men, your impact on your family's faith is huge. Take advantage of your influence and lead them in the right direction. Don't send your family to church. Bring them to church. Man up. Why are you so passionate, Pastor? What do the percentages tell us about those incarcerated? Most of them are fatherless. Whether by an absentee father or a father who decided, I don't want to bear the responsibility or I'm not going to engage. But I want you to know if you're a son of God, if you say you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there is no excuse. You have no excuse. You are called by God to stand in the gap. You are called in by God to fill in the hedge. You are called by God and given authority by God to defeat the works of the devil. There is no excuse for you to find yourself at a deficit. You've got the advantage in Jesus' name. Woo! One more. Say one more. Adam kept silent when he should have spoke up and stood up to the devil. And let me say it again. Adam kept silent when he should have spoke up and stood up to the devil. What do you mean, Pastor? Let's look at what the Scripture says in Genesis 3, verse 6. Genesis 3, verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to who? Her husband, who was where? He was where? 
and he ate. You know, poor Eve. Eve's been blamed for the reason why they were eaten out of house and home. Like if Adam had nothing to do with their fall, their failure. And yet, who did God command? Who did God give the charge? Not Eve. He commanded the man. And so here comes the serpent. And some scholars think that at that time, before the fall, serpents actually walked. That it wasn't until after the fall that they were subject to the ground. I don't know if that's true or not. All I know is that snakes are creepy. I don't like snakes. I'll tell you that straight up right now. I hate snakes. So this snake, and we see the pictures in the, in the picture Bibles that, that he's wrapped around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and he's having a talk, right? He's having a talk with Eve. And all the while that he's talking to Eve, there's Adam like a tonto. That means like a dummy. Just watching the talk. And saying nothing through the whole conversation. And yet look what the scripture says in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. Genesis 1, 26 and 28. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every what? Creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. That would have included the serpent. So Adam had authority to guard, to protect the garden. But when the serpent showed up and started having a conversation with his wife, he kept quiet. And in effect, he entrusted or turned over his authority to the enemy. The devil has no right over the children of God. The only power he can operate over us is that which we give to him. But you got to understand, you are equipped to defeat the devil, not just once, but every time that he comes against you and your house, you have authority in Jesus' name to defeat him. For Jesus said in Luke ten nineteen, Behold, look, check it out. I have given you authority to what? To tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We know that the devil was the one working in and through the serpent. How do we know? Revelation 12 calls him the devil, the old serpent. Paul refers to the devil as the serpent in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. So we know it was the devil actually having the conversation with Eve. And all the while, there's Adam, quiet as a church mouse. Let me tell you a story that a pastor friend shared with me one time. He shared with me, he goes, Pastor Angel, one time my, my wife decided to do a favor for a church member of ours. Our church member was going on vacation and they needed someone to take care of their dog. It so happened that the dog's name 
with Sancho. Now, those of you in the Latino community, you know Sancho is a, is a slang term for the guy on the side, Sancho. Right? Uh-huh. And so he said, so my wife took care of Sancho, and he said everything was fine until one day Sancho got out of our backyard. And he said, and then my wife went looking for Sancho down the streets in our neighborhood. And she's going, Sancho, Sancho. After he was recovered, I had to go and explain that the dog was Sancho, that my wife didn't have a Sancho. Now we see here the devil coming in between Eve and Adam. And Adam just letting the devil have his day in conversing with his wife. When Adam had been given authority to guard, to keep, to protect the garden, he had the authority to drive out the devil from his garden. Let me say to you, children of God, fathers, husbands, as well as wives, mothers, you are authorized by Jesus even now. Regardless of what is happening in society, you are not helpless. I am not hopeless. We have authority in Jesus' name. We have the right to stand up and defend and protect our families. We have the right to stand up in a board meeting and say, you may think there's confusion about gender, but we know in my house, through the word of God, that a male is a male, a female is a female, and we will stand up for the truth. We will not surrender, compromise our convictions because we have authority as children of God to stand for the truth. The devil's coming in through different ways and trying to talk down God's word and trying to make us doubt God's word and trying to make us question. But did God really mean that? Yes, God really meant it and we can stand up for it. And if we stand for the God of the word, the God of the word will stand and defend us. Esther went there? Yes, I... I'm not here to play. I'm here. Got my gloves ready to go. Now, I know, I know. Somebody noted this. Too many men are living as spiritual slackers, slouching in their seats, shrinking back, Or they've just settled. But I want to challenge us men. It's time to wake up. Stand up. Man up. Grow up. Love up. Rise up. It's time for us to say not on my watch. I am a watchman on the wall. And why were there watchmen on the wall? So that they could detect the enemy before he arrived. And they could prepare before the enemy got close. God will grant you and I, the men of this house, 
who honestly want to see His blessing not only upon our families, but perpetuated throughout the generations of our family line. He will grant us discernment to see when the enemy is going to come our way. He will grant us the ability to detect when the enemy is trying to close in so that then we can take our stand because God said it and we heard it at the beginning of the service. Ezekiel 22:30. I sought for a man who would stand in the gap and make up the hedge on behalf of the land. But he said he found none. But I want you to know in 2023, God, if you look at 240 East Fresno, I'm on assignment. I'm ready to stand in the gap. You'll find me as a watchman ready to look out and look for the enemy and use my authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. And isn't it interesting that Jesus used these two figures that contain venom, poison, because He wanted us to know you're going to live in a society, in a world, and you're going to deal with spiritual battles that are seeking to infiltrate in order to inject your minds, your children's minds, with poison. But I give you authority to tread, to walk on and trample under your feet. And then he said, and nothing will by any ways hurt you. I want to remind you, men, if you'll take your stand, God's got your back. And no weapon formed against you will prosper. You will discover when you stand up for God, He will be a hedge around you. He will shield you with favor. And He will stand for you. And He will defend what you're standing up to defend. He will protect what you're standing up to protect. So then what happens? They ate of the fruit of the tree and then they recognized we're naked and they were ashamed. And then the Bible says that they tried to cover themselves with fig leaves, with leaves. And then God comes to them. And you know what he said? He said it to the man, to Adam. What did he say? Where are you? He didn't say it to Eve. He said it to Adam. Oh, but it was Eve that first ate of the fruit. Ah, but it was Adam who had been given the command to keep, to guard protect the garden as well as to uphold God's command. He dropped the ball and God comes and says, where are you? Why did he say that? Because God was not seeking to condemn him. God 
was seeking to restore him. How do you know that, Pastor? Because he then, according to Genesis 3.21, covered them with the coat of the skin of an animal. Why did God do that? Because God was declaring the message of the gospel in the Old Testament. God was revealing to mankind the only way your shame can be covered and removed from your life is if an innocent sufferer is sacrificed for your life. He was foretelling what would ultimately happen. The Lamb of God, Jesus, would come. And He would come. The one who was tempted in every way just like you and me, yet without sin. And He would become our innocent sufferer. So that in spite of our sin, in spite of our disobedience, in spite of our blame and shame, we could know you have the right to come back to God. Not because of what you do, but because of what God has done. He has provided the sacrifice of another to pay for your guilt and shame and your sin. And you can be reconciled. You can be restored. You can have new life. That's why God came to Adam and Eve. Not to rub their faces in the dirt in shame and condemnation. But because He wanted to once again be back in fellowship with them. And He proved it by paying the price through an innocent sufferer. I want you to know again, the devil is a bad devil. But God is the good God who has made the way for you to be reconciled and restored today. God's first words after the fall were, where are you? In one word is comprised a whole theology. God seeks out the lost sinner. God welcomes him to confess. God desires his restoration. God works His redemption. I will fight till the end. Because I know if I fight, not only will my wife benefit, my daughters my son my grandchildren and their children will benefit you see I realize if I fill in the gap God's not only going to take care of what I'm standing for now but he's going to take care of who I'm standing for that's coming behind me because his mercy are to thousands of generations 
You see, I don't know if Jesus is coming now. And I, I know I've been in church all my life. I know Jesus is coming soon. I believe he's coming soon. But what if he doesn't come for another 100, 200 years? And I'm gone. And there's still Menchacas coming, being born. I want those Menchacas to have the blessing of God on their life. And because I stood now, God's mercy will be extended then. So I'm calling every father, every husband to fight. Father, I thank you for your word. You challenged me through this word. You reminded me through this word. Not only about my responsibility, but about the authority you've delegated to me. There's no denying that just like Adam and Eve had to deal with the devil, I've got to deal with the devil today. But just like you did for him, you gave him authority that had he used it, he would have defeated the devil. He would have been able to expel the devil from the garden and you've given me the name that we sung about today <laughs> Woo, no greater name the name above every name the name of Jesus I told you and I mean it with every fiber in my being Pastor Angel is going to fight I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter. I'm not a quitter. I'm a fighter. And I know that I'm fighting for more than myself. I'm fighting for my wife. I'm fighting for my children. I'm fighting for my grandbabies. I'm fighting for the future generations of Minchakas. I'm fighting. And I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to exercise my authority. Right now, I'm going to invite every one of you men that say, Pastor Angel, as for me, I'm going to be a fighter. I'm going to fight for my family. God helping me, I'm going to fight for what God has for my family. I want you to make your way forward to this altar if that's you. This is where we come. We take a stand. In the Bible, the question was posed, who is on the Lord's side? People were called out to take a stand. I'm calling you out. If that's you, you really mean it. You come and you take a stand at this altar. You take a stand. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight for what God has called me to defend God has placed under my care I'm going to fight I realize I've got authority I'm not helpless, I'm not hopeless I've got authority I've got authority I've got authority I've got authority Lord I, I, I thank you for these fighters Lord I thank you that you see them Lord and uh, Lord I thank you that you 
commission them, but you also authorize them. You also give them the ability to exercise the authority to expel, to cast out, to drive out whatever is not of you and whatever the enemy would seek to bring against them, their marriage, their households. God, I thank you. Uh, You're the God who is able right now. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that by your Holy Spirit you would come. Your word says in Psalm 144, verse 1, the psalmist David said, Blessed be the Lord my rock, who teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Blessed be the Lord my rock, my foundation, who teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. And I pray right now, as these men are standing, that you would give them divine strategy teach their hands their hands to war their fingers to fight give them the strategy give them the insight for the fight Lord give them the insight for the fight Lord right now uh, and some of these men are in a fight right now and right now turn the light on illuminate their minds give them the insight Lord to know how to fight this fight that they're fighting in the name of Jesus I declare you're not going to leave them in the dark you're going to give them the fight plan by which they are going to overcome because Lord these men are standing here and they're saying I'm standing to fight the good fight of faith I'm standing to fight the good fight of faith and I'm going to lay hold on eternal life I'm going to lay hold of what God said is mine what God has promised for me in my house I'm laying hold of it in the name of Jesus Christ I'm laying hold I'm going to fight this good fight of faith in the name of Jesus whatever you tell me to do Lord I'm here I'm available Lord I'm ready show me show me train me teach me how to fight teach my hands to war and my fingers to fight give me the divine strategy give me the divine insight for my fights Lord I want you your instruction because if I have your instruction and direction the outcome is certain to be that of victory in the name of Jesus Lord thank you right now in the name of Jesus thank you Father in the name of Jesus now I'm going to ask right now for those of you that are single young men and you say you know what I want to be ready now I want to be equipped now I want to be the man God wants me to be now I'm not going to wait till I become a father I'm not going to be wait till I become a husband I'm going to put on the whole armor now I'm going to fight now I want you to make your way up right now and stand behind these men this is your moment to understand God wants to equip you now God wants to prep you now. God wants to empower you now. God wants to give you divine insight now. God wants to equip you with the power of His Spirit right now. You come in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord. I lift up these men because they are men of valor. They are mighty men. Just like you said to Gideon, you're declaring over these men. You're calling them out. You're saying mighty men of valor. Mighty men of courage mighty men with fight in you. You have a fight 
fighting spirit in you. You are not a quitter. You are not a quitter. I've invested in you, God is saying. I've given you faith, a faith that overcomes because whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. God is saying to you right now, put your faith in me. Look to me. Trust in me. Commit to me. And I will show you. I will show you great and mighty things. I'm going to reveal to you the insight you need for your fight. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I declare upon these men, I declare upon those that are husbands, those that are fathers, and I declare upon these young men, Lord, that are waiting to become, I declare, God, in their waiting, you're equipping, you're empowering. You are right now giving them a strength, a resolve within. You are making them ready now. You are empowering them now by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Now, I want to know, are there any women intercessors in this house? If you are, stand on your feet. And I want you to begin to pray. I want you to begin to intercede in the Holy Spirit. I believe there's an anointing breaking out right now. Come on, pray. Pray with intensity. Pray with passion. I believe that if we'll call out together, God is doing a work, a lasting work that's going to result in lasting fruit here today.